Hey, this is Bethany. And Katie. This is the Better Pleasure Podcast. And we're here to talk about the Bible and love, lust, and life. Hello, everyone. We have a special guest with us here today. Usually it's Katie and I. This is Bethany. Um, But I have Katie's husband with me today. His name is Ben. Howdy. Um, So... Um, as Katie shared a little bit before, um, she had an affair before and I thought that it could be helpful for Ben to sort of share and talk to his experience in that process. So, um, that's why Ben is here today. So before we start, let's go ahead and pray and then we'll dive into it. So God, I just thank you so much for my brother and his heart and his willingness to come and share his testimony, Lord. We know that testimonies are your story, Lord. And so we ask that you would encourage hearts, Lord, and anyone who's listening to this today, that you would minister to them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, so Ben, um, I thought that we could start out kind of talking about past, mm. present, and future. Okay. So if you could tell everyone a little bit about just the past, um, where your relationship was at, um, what it was like, and um, how things went down, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, during that whole time, I was in my junior year of college. I was also no, sorry, get closer. I to just Michael. told Ben, come to the mic a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So I was in my junior year of college, um, you know, finishing up uh, that first uh, semester, and it was pretty. It was pretty all encompassing, and I was balancing, uh, you know, reserve military career at the same time, and so you know, just pretty, you know, just into my own world. So, um, you know, when I, you know, kind of. Uh, prepped Katie and everybody that uh, during that time, you know, I was, you know, going to be, uh, you know, pretty much, you know, like I'm going to be home, but I'm not, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because in the past with the military, I was gone a lot and everything like that. So, um, and then, you know, during that time, um, probably after the confession and everything like that, it, you know, luckily it was right after the semester ended and I had a little bit of a break in between everything just kind of came to a screeching halt mm-hmm. and, you know, just focused on repairing the relationship and, you know, getting to a place where I could just kind of function as a human being again, um, you know, before the next school semester started. And then, you know, now, you know, geez, I think it was four, four or five years ago, um, you know, we have a, we have a daughter, um, uh, you know, and we realize that it's, you know, the relationship, our relationship with Christ and our relationship together that, you know, comes first. And, um, yeah, so that's kind of it in a nutshell. Yeah. Do you feel like <laughs> at that point then that the relationship was more vulnerable because you were gone or what, you know, kind of like. Was there circumstances that um, were impacting your relationship? Well, I would say when I was in the you know military and stuff like that, we almost led just two separate lives. You know, when I'd be physically gone, um, 
you know, I was, I was gone a lot, um, mm -hmm. you know, and we were just, you know, physically separated through deployments, different training and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but then, you know, when I was home and doing college, uh, you know, it's like, here I was, I was physically home, but, you know, uh, mentally I was just, you know, on another planet, just focusing on, you know, on school and, you know, mm -hmm. getting my career on track. So, yeah, we definitely had a tendency to just kind of lead, you know, parallel lives. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and then can you speak to, like, was there anything where you sort of suspected that something was off or things that you started noticing as far as behaviors? You know, in hindsight, there was a lot of things uh, I should have picked up on. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was probably a really obvious sign, but at the time, I, like I said, I was on a different planet, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, 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 I remember, you know, when I went to the counselor uh, for the con, you know, for the confession. The first thing the counselor asked me is like, "You know why you're here?" I'm like, "I have no idea mm -hmm. what's going on. Tell me now." Yeah. So. <laughs> so, what was that like for you, having no idea why you're there, and then you know, getting this information? How did you feel in that moment? Um like I was being shot at again, you know, uh, same, you know, same feelings as, uh, I would say being in combat situations, you know, complete spike in anxiety, you know, uh, that rushing sensation, uh, in your head. And, um, yeah, it, it was all, you know, one big blur, you know, I mm -hmm. just kind of remember, moments of it uh yeah it was just a complete adrenaline dump rush mm -hmm. you know for me yeah and what um like what was your process sort of you know katie tells you that she's had an affair um and so what kind of went through your mind you know was there ever any thought that you know you were done mm -hmm. or um what was your process as far as, you know, obviously you guys are together now right. and you have a daughter. So how did you, you know, how did you decide to move forward? What were sort of yeah. some of the things that happened? So immediately in the circumstance, so I only remember bits and pieces, you know, maybe like the first sentence of her, you know, confession. Um, and then after that, my mind just I remember vividly thinking like, okay, I got about five seconds here to make a decision about whether I want to uh, stay with her or go and kind of feel sorry for myself. But if I let this go any longer than five seconds, you know, not making a decision is making a decision to leave. And so, you know, before her confession, before she finished reading it, you know, I'd made up my mind I was going to forgive her, you know, regardless. And like I said, you know, my mind was rushing so much. I, you know, barely heard the details of the confession. I just heard the first sentence. Mm -hmm. I was unfaithful. And I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, we're doing this now. Um, you know, feel sorry for yourself for a few seconds. And uh, now it's time to pick up and move on mm -hmm. and, you know, make that decision. Yes or no. But, you know, I quickly realized that indecision, um, you know, was not an option. Like, oh, I'm going to, you know, feel sorry for myself, take some time to decide whether I need to stay or go, you know, going down that road. You know, I had that clarity that, uh, 
that's just a you know kicking the can down the road to you know leaving mm -hmm. you know yeah it's um it's interesting and i think it would be important to kind of speak to because there's obviously the gamut of situations and um i feel like one of the things that katie did really well was that she sought accountability mm -hmm. she went to counselors she told everyone in our church she told all of our close friends um and so really there was this sort of bringing it to the light right um and there wasn't this perpetual you know kind of sinking back into like if right. she had continued to have an affair over and over and over and over right. again that might have impacted the way mm -hmm. that you had felt yeah, as right. far as reestablishing trust and your commitment to moving forward right uh, of course, but you know, in that moment, the only person I realized she had told at that point in time was the counselor. So, mm -hmm. you know, at that point in time, when I'm sitting there, like, do I forgive her or not? I had no idea whether, you know, um, uh, you, you know, who she had told. Yeah, you, know, you didn't know any of the details. I, I had none of the details, sure. and you know, uh, and without knowing any of the details is when I made that decision and, mm. you know, figure the rest out later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so you're with the counselor and she tells you and you make this decision, you know, that this is sort of the path that you want to try and reconcile and work on your marriage. You said you're committed to it. Um, so what does the next kind of few months look like? How does that play out for you guys? Yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty rough. I mean, you know, it's not like everything was, you know, just butterflies and rainbows as soon as I said, you know, hey, you're forgiven. I mean, I remember I had a pretty much a two-day-long panic attack. Like, you know, just that adrenaline rushing feeling, mm -hmm. you know, just didn't leave for two days, you know. Um, it you know it was awful mm -hmm. um and so uh and especially kind of digging into you know it, it just had a litany of questions about specific details and stuff like that of uh, you know of the affair and each time i'd ask one of those questions like oh god here we go mm -hmm. um you know but uh, you know especially digging into the details you know just like wasn't wasn't fun you mm -hmm. know um do you feel like that was necessary for you to know, for her to really be honest with you about everything as far mm -hmm. as, you know, reestablishing that trust? And like, yeah. do you feel like that if she had said, well, I'm not going to tell you that? Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I would have called, you know, BS on that right <laughs> away. Um, you know, because it's like, nope, that ship has sailed. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I'm actually, you know, entitled to know at this point, you know, um, you know, so it, so that yeah. even though it was really like hard in mm -hmm. the sense that knowing that information and the more things were uncovered, it was painful. It also sort of helped you, um, to process what process happened. what had happened and then reestablish trust between you guys. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, with reestablishing trust too, um, you know, it, after the fact, you know, it was really, really beneficial that, you know, uh, she, uh, you know, told church leadership, closest friends and, you know, things like that. And, you know, that she wanted to have that vulnerability and, you know, the light, uh, you know, 
um, shed on this issue. You know, she wasn't trying to hide it anymore. Mm -hmm. So that uh, really, really helped. You know, and you guys had community in that mm -hmm. too. People that knew what was going right. on and people that right. could kind of walk along with you mm -hmm. in that. Yeah, it, exactly, exactly. We did. Now I will caution folks, though. You know, not everybody needs to know. <laughs> you know, there's you know a few family members in my family that you know. It, uh, that, you know, I'll never tell them this cause they just won't understand. And, right. you know, they'll hate Katie for, you know, the rest of their lives, mm -hmm. you know, you know, so make sure it's, you know, other mature Christians, mm -hmm. um, you know, who, uh, you know, who can help you through it that just aren't going to, you know, cast judgment. Yeah. You know? Yeah, sure. And that can encourage you and ultimately are kind of, um, just strong in the Lord. You know, right. I mean, I had that experience with Chris as well, where, um, I told family and it was immediately like, well, you know, you can come home, like just come home. Um, right. and that wasn't really helpful to right. our circumstances. Like I didn't need to come home, <laughs> Right. Right. you know? Um, but the way that the world views things is, you know, a lot of forgiveness is radical, you mm -hmm. know, especially when there's been any sort of. Um, physical betrayal, you know, right, right. most people are out of there, you know, yeah. and so it doesn't really make sense to the world that you would stay yeah, um, or, you know, offer forgiveness right, or reconciliation, right. you know, in that. Mm -hmm. So, um, what, um, so you said, you know, Katie started to tell you some of the details as you would ask questions, mm -hmm. she was always open with you. Right. She wasn't trying to hide things or deceive you. Right. Um, and that that helped reestablish trust. So, you know, what does that kind of look like? You guys are walking through that over the course of days and months. Do things start to get better? Are things still hard? Yeah. You know, time, if you allow it, can heal a lot of things. And, you know, the first few weeks were you know, just really, really, really rough. Um, and then I actually had to fly up to Washington for, um, you know, for a guard weekend, which was really hard, you know, right after the first few weeks. And matter of fact, you know, at that time I'm like, you know, just like Katie, that's, you know, this is just too new, you know, you need to go stay with Chris and Bethany while I'm gone, mm -hmm. you know, um, just so I could kind of put my mind at ease and, mm -hmm. you know, and that weekend was just, you know, horrible for me mm -hmm. um you know just being up in washington and all this happening but i had some actually uh really good talks um i remember my flight superintendent you know i was telling him like hey hey man this is what's uh, going on in my life right now and he actually you know kind of confirmed my thought process he's like you know what? whatever decision you make just make it because you know if you just kick this can down the road it's going to eat you alive whether you you know, decide to stay or go, um, you know, make the decision. And I'm like, well, I already made it to stay. He's like, good. All right. I'll support you on that. So he had a similar situation himself, you know, um, but he made the other decision. So, yeah. And it's know. cool how God sometimes puts people in our lives, you know, especially when we're vulnerable, you mm -hmm. know, like in that situation, you are, you know, leaving your wife who just had an affair to go do guard work, and you're not there, you know, right. there's nothing you can do to change the situation. Um, and it's, I feel like in those moments when we're truly weak and vulnerable, that God uses people sometimes to speak into right. our lives, to encourage us. Um, and he is always meeting us, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, totally. 
what other um, kinds of things, you know, obviously you just spoke to um, your superior encouraging you and that. Were there other things that were encouraging to you, like scriptures that you leaned on or um, just things in the process that you held on to as you guys walked through this? Yeah, you know, just... Uh, so I'd say, you know, as far as scripture, you know, I don't have any specific scripture except the Bible in its totality. That's kind of how I um, grasp things. I like to, you know, read the entire Bible chronologically and just, you know, looking at the Old Testament and just seeing what a wreck all the patriarchs were, the King David, all the you know, kings of uh, Israel and uh, kings of, uh, you know, Judea. And, you, you know, you go through some of these passages like this king was evil and this king was good and this was evil, good, evil, good, evil. And, but even the so-called, you know, good kings, I'm doing air quotes here, you know, <laughs> like, like David, um, they were a wreck. You know, Abraham was a wreck. Adam and Eve were a wreck, you know, original sin. But yet, uh, you know, despite the messes they created for themselves, you go to the New Testament and you just see this, you know, for lack of a better term, amazing grace that we don't deserve whatsoever to, you know, uh, reconcile us, you know, to our God. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so, you know, you just you just look at that and it's just like you know there's only one person in the bible that you know made the mark and that was christ mm -hmm. every every other one of us is screwing it up 10 ways to sunday even you know even these folks like oh if i could just be like david well no if you were just like david you know you read about his life you know let's just say he did not have it all together yeah so, there was definitely know. and i think that is a good message, you know, a couple points that you just mentioned. And one is that um, we can have moments of failure, you know, mm -hmm. and that's something Katie and I have talked about is kind of the, the story of David and that um, he, his name means beloved, you know, of God, that he was so loved by God. And he had these just beautiful moments with God, but he also had, you know, these big epic fails mm -hmm. and that, we can, they can kind of coexist, you know, right. like we all have our moments where we fail. Um, and that doesn't have to be our identity. That doesn't right. be, have to be what defines us, whether that's ourselves personally, if we're struggling with sin or in our marriages, you know, um, it can be something that shapes us, you know, that is part of our story, right. but that ultimately isn't, you know, where we where we land or where we stay, mm -hmm. you know, it's not the final page of the book You're basically. Right. Right. Um, and then similarly, like I love the old Testament. Um, one of my favorite stories is Jacob because he's just such a turd and, mm -hmm. um, God is so, he's such a blessing God, you know, just dis right. despite his attitude, despite, um, just his disposition, <laughs> he keeps blessing him over and over and over again. Um, and it does help, at least I know for me in my experience with my husband, to know that God is on our side and to remember that, you know, he, his heart is yes, you know, um, in what we're walking through, that he wants to restore, whether that 
be a restored marriage or just restoration in someone's heart. That's Mm -hmm. something that we talk about a lot in the group that um, not everyone um, is reconciled, you know, and healing comes in all different kinds of ways. Right. Um, And um, as far as, you know, that process of sort of healing and restoring, I think there were things that made it easier for you guys in the sense that um, Katie was open with you mm-hmm. when you asked questions, she shared, um, she surrounded herself with accountability, pretty much anything that you needed from her. It seems like she was willing to do right. Yeah. 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 I mean, she quit her job, right? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. like what were some of the like specific things that she did to sort of put you at ease? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, she was, uh, yeah, just totally willing to walk down, you know, that, uh, path of reconciliation. And I remember, um, one, one of the moments that was key to me, this was probably like six months after, you know, the, the dude, um, messaged her on Facebook and, um, and immediately she gave it, you know, just handed me the computer and I was like, Oh, really? Okay. Thank you for showing me this. And I just messaged the guy back. I'm like, you know, Hey, you know, um, you know, uh, whatever your name is, um, you know, this has been, do not contact us again. Mm-hmm. Hopefully this is the last time I have to say this and then just block them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was a really, you know, that Katie wasn't like, Oh, you know, do I show this Ben or not? You know, she's like, Oh gosh, I just got this Ben. Mm-hmm. Here you go. Right. Yeah. You know, and so that was, you know, just kind of a big turning point for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as far as uh, reconciling or gain, you know, gaining that trust back. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, totally. You know. What, um, is there any like takeaways or things that you would recommend? Just, just words. If someone is walking through an affair or adultery, um, what would be kind of your advice or your counsel to them? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, uh, you know, taking it from the offended party point of view, um, you know, realize that, you know, it isn't, you know, it isn't your fault. You know, this isn't something you brought on yourself. You know, some, you know, some people will be like, you know, oh, we'll dig into, you know, it takes two to tango, you know, we'll dig into your part of this. It's like, yeah, sure. But, you know, this isn't the time to hear that, you know, right off, you know, right off the bat, like, Oh, let's figure out your, your part. And it's like, no, mm-hmm. I'm the offended party and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we could focus on, you know, um, the actions of the other person that led up to this. Mm-hmm. The second thing I will say is, you know, back to, you know, my decision is like, make the decision, whether it's to stay or to go make that conscious decision because if you say, well, you know, I'm just going to see how I feel in a month or in a year and, you know, uh, you know, and then I'll make the decision whether I'm going to leave or go. No, you've ultimately made the decision to go, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, you're just prolonging that pain. You know, if, if you have that indecision, you know, um, I, I, you know, I would say, you know, rip the bandaid off and just be like, you know what? I'm out, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, because ultimately 
you just keep kicking that can the can down the road and i've seen it with a couple of people so far you know and they're just like oh yeah it, we'll, we'll see we'll see i'm not really sure you know i'm still really hurt I haven't made it so they always end up leaving mm-hmm. you know so you might as well do everybody a favor and just rip the band-aid off mm-hmm. and just be like all right i'm bouncing i can't deal with this yeah well yeah. and it's interesting because like my experience was um my husband was kind of continually struggling mm-hmm. and so like wounds continued to be opened again and again right. and again and again and again and it made healing rebuilding trust difficult mm-hmm. and i do remember um i got to a point where there was sort of a period of faithfulness and um i was really the one that was dealing with my own you know self esteem um, insecurities, fears, anger, bitterness, like, um, he had kind of done the work that he needed to do. And I was just kind of a mess. And, um, I remember the Lord saying to me, like, are you in or are you out? And, um, kind of this, like, if you just stay in this place where you refuse to allow yourself to be vulnerable, like you refuse Mm -hmm. to, never feel to never be hurt again because you want to be safe. Um, like that's not, that doesn't glorify me, you know? And so many people think that like, Oh, well, if you stay married, that glorifies God, but it, it doesn't really glorify God to have this mediocre marriage. Um, we are called to, you know, work out the process of truly making it better, Mm -hmm. um, living it for his glory um, dying unto one another right? Um, and not just staying stuck, you know, in our sin or in our bitterness or even in um, our own hurt, you know. Um, and sometimes it's not that simple in that, like, mm-hmm. I know we have a lot of women in the group that um, their husbands continue to be unfaithful. Right. Um, and that would make, you know, that would make it really difficult to make a decision, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um And so ultimately just seeking the Lord, you know, and I think that God kind of gave you that. It seems like peace and confirmation that this was the path that he had called you to do Mm -hmm. and that you needed to walk it out. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, for somebody who's just completely unrepentant um, and yet doesn't want to make it work, you know, that's where you know, the counsel of a wise counselor, you know, would be really, really beneficial in, Mm -hmm. you know, making that decision. And so my guidance would be, you know, make that decision to get in to see that counselor Mm -hmm. right away. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so you can chart that path forward, but just don't sit there in that bitterness and indecision Mm -hmm. because that, you know, that leads to no good whatsoever. Yeah, I think that's a really good point in that even for my husband and I, you know, things were kind of a mess and murky. And once we did actually go to a counselor, she helped us establish boundaries as far as how to proceed in the relationship. Um, And she was able to speak to both of our issues separately and then kind of help us find a path forward. And it is really hard when you are sort of like knee deep in grass that you've never stood in before to kind of know like, you know, which way do I go? How do I maneuver this? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what to do. Um, and so 
having wise counsel and having people that, you know, just have tools that you don't have. Um, and unfortunately, like that's, that's one of the reasons why we love this ministry is that so often the church is ill-equipped to know how to handle these issues. I mean, um, I've had girls that come to the group and, um, their husbands are having an affair and they go to the pastor and the pastor says, Oh, well you just need to dress up more and that'll just solve the issue. (laughs) You know, (laughs) um, no, that's, that's not good counsel, you know? Um, and so, um, if, if you find yourself in that position, you know, where you truly just feel alone, um, and you don't have those resources, please reach out to us and know that, um, you know, we can support you and, um, just, just guide you in that process. Um, yeah. If anybody, you know, ever tells you, Oh, just pray. You know, um, it kind of feels like a slap in the face. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now we're dealing with real issues. Prayer is a part of the process, but it is not the ultimate, you know, solution. You know, you just, uh, yeah. Um, But what I'm getting at is the majority of the church is very ill-equipped to handle this and they just want to sweep it under the rug and, you know, we're very, very fortunate uh, at our church that we have this, you know, ministry that both stood up mm-hmm. and to tackle these issues um, head on. So, mm-hmm. you know, we got a lot, a lot of resources here. So uh, don't be afraid to reach out. You don't have to go through this by yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that it's important to know that if you are someone that has, you know, either... Ex- just experienced any kind of breaking of trust. Mm-hmm. Um, like Ben said that this isn't your fault. Um, you're not broken. Right. There's nothing wrong with you. Um, it's not your job to fix it in the sense that this is going to be a work of the Lord in your mm-hmm. life. I know for me personally, I took on that responsibility and it was, it was not healthy. <laughs> I'm not my husband's God. Um, and, um, but most importantly, just to know that you're not alone and whether that is, you know, in this community, um, but to also know that God is with you and it's truly a season of leaning on him, um, leaning into him. Um, cause if your life is broken and in disrepair or in ruins, I mean, I, I remember God gave me this image of, just the city that had been like burned to the ground and it was just ashes. And it was like, how do I rebuild ashes? God, like, I don't, I don't know where to go from here. And, um, and ultimately like that's his work, you know, in our lives is, um, and his promise is that he will rebuild and rebuilding Mm -hmm. looks lots and lots of different ways. Like we've talked about, you know, for some people it's, um, how many years have you guys been married? 17? Uh, yeah, 17 years. 17 years of marriage and um, a child together and um, a new life together back in Tucson and um, better communication than I've ever seen you guys have. Um, so, um, and then for others, healing looks something completely different and that's okay. Every right. every story and every life is the Lord's. Um do you have anything else you can think of, Ben, or things you'd like to say? 
Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I'd say, you know, when I made that decision, it wasn't a decision to, you know, just stuff my feelings and carry on and just, um, you know, not be hurt. It is completely okay to be hurt. I mean, honestly, if you're not hurt by, you know, an affair or something of that nature, that'd be pretty weird, <laughs> you know, um, pretty strange. So it's say there's a lot more issues going on there, but you know, uh, it is okay to have these feelings of anger and resentment and, uh, um, the, the, the anxiety, the other host of, you know, emotions that come with it, you know, emotions are from God, you know, right. they're telling you, you know, something is up. They're mm -hmm. a good indicator, but don't let them rule your life, you know, experience your emotion and use that to make a decision to, you know, uh, to, you know, get into counseling, establish those boundaries, you know, and establish how you're going to move out with or either move on or move out with the relationship. So, mm -hmm. you know, am I going to stay in this relationship and work on it, rebuild it, or like it's just completely irreconcilable at this point? And, you know, the New Testament, you know, says, you know, you can, you know, um, you know, it's completely justifiable to leave somebody, you know, but it doesn't mean um, that that's what you have to do, mm -hmm. you know, um, but it is an option. So, you know, just, you know, take that time, you know, let your feelings, you know, uh, uh, point you in the direction of making that decision, whether to stay or whether to go and, you know, make that decision. Yeah, and ultimately really seek the Lord. Right, exactly. Um, and his heart for your marriage and your life. And it's kind of a cool thing because, you know, God God sees the whole picture of your life. Mm -hmm. He knows the beginning and the end, and he has wisdom, you know, in that. Right. Um, and I think what Ben just said is, is really important um, in that so many Christians are very uncomfortable being messy. Right. Um, and it's like, it's not okay to not be okay, but it really is okay yeah. to not be okay. I feel like we could have a whole nother podcast on yeah. that issue. Um, and that the church just struggles, you know, to be messy and right. that this is a process that you're walking through. Um, and really that God is in the mess. Exactly. Um, and that it's like, the good stuff in the sense that right. like it's so painful and it's so hard but God is with you in it um and only he can take our mess and right. make it into something beautiful and I remember um I had this it was a really sweet moment for me with the Lord um but my my mom had passed away a year after uh, my husband and I married and um, when she came, she had gone on a trip with my dad to Europe and brought me kind of a final gift and then had passed away, um, within a month or so after they had gone on this trip to Europe. And, um, the gift was this little, it was a necklace, a pendant of stained glass, and it had all these little tiny pieces in it. Um, and you would hold it up to the light and it would be this beautiful picture of a window, and, um, I was actually, I was at a worship event and I had someone come up to me and say, like, I think, I think I have a word for you. Um, and it was something like, 
you know, you think the pieces are too broken, but God is putting you back together again. And it was very like poignant for how I was feeling. Um, and then I got home and I had actually lost that necklace and I found it when I got home. And it just felt like this really sweet confirmation from the Lord that only he can take broken pieces right. and make it purposeful in our life and make it into something that is beautiful and for his glory. Right. Um, and so we just want to encourage you in that, that, you know, if you find yourself in process, messy, mm-hmm. um, that it's okay. You know, it's okay to be where you are. It's okay to be broken. Mm. Um, yeah. And, you know, the piggyback off of that, you know, Church is not a place where you're supposed to come be all put together. Church is, in my mind, a spiritual hospital. You know, the pastors are the doctors and the nurses. Um, and so just think about the last time you went to the emergency room. Um, did you put on your Sunday best? Uh, did you make sure your hair was all straight? Um, you know, it, no, you went in there for whatever reason, broken arm or, you know, flu or something like that at your worst. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, you expected the, you know, medical staff to, you know, uh, fix your brokenness. You know, church should be the same way. You know, uh, it shouldn't be hiding, you know, what's broken in your life. And I think, you know, that is uh, just kind of a sad reality of our modern day church you know we feel like we have to be all put together to mm-hmm. you know um to go and you know seek healing and and guidance and relationship with god and god's mm-hmm. like no you're you know you're a mess mm-hmm. you're broken mm-hmm. there's nothing you can do to you know fix yourself um so why are you trying to you know, uh, put, uh, you know, for lack of a better phrase, put lipstick on a pig, you mm-hmm. know, it's just like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you I know. think a lot of that kind of comes back to that, you know, people don't want to feel mm-hmm. pain, you know, they don't want to cry. They don't want to be angry. And, you know, we see those things as negative emotions, right. but ultimately, you know, when you look at the Bible, you see that God is angry. You see that mm-hmm. he is grieved, that he's sad. And that he gave us these emotions to help us process and heal. And that if we bottle those things and we just, you know, like, I got to be okay. I got to hold it all together. I can't talk about it. Um, We're going to, we're going to get stuck in that. And eventually you're going to have a breakdown. Uh, You know, it's, you know, I got very, very good uh, viewers in the military of holding it all together and stuffing my emotions and, you know, and eventually it leads to, uh, you know, psychological breakdown, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah. <laughs> it's going to come out one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And really, like, I remember, too, one of the things Bo said to me, um, we had had a thing where my husband had fallen into pornography again. And um, and I was particularly miffed at him because he had somehow, like, taken it off our computer and kind of gone out of his way to do what he wanted to do and, um, done it all behind my back, you know? Um, and so it felt like extra intentional, you know, that he had removed things and, you know, just, um, removed all the barriers that we had set in place to keep our family safe, um, to get what he wanted. Um, 
And, um, and so I remember Pastor Bo came over to try and reset up things on the computer and he was so happy and I was so mad that he was happy. I was like, this is great. You know, like, this is awesome. Profession's awesome. And I was so, I was just so mad that he was so happy. Um, and I was hurting, you know? Um, and I said to him later, like, I don't understand where your joy comes from. Like, I don't get it at all. And his response to me, which really stuck with me was it came through many nights of brokenness and weeping on my knees with the Lord. And that just really struck me because I was raised in a home where I was not allowed to cry. I played you know, avid sports and it was like, you know, there's no crying in this and like, stop crying. And just, I was never given permission to feel anything negative. Um, and, and so I began to ask God, like, Lord, please teach me how to feel these things. Like I give you permission, you know, like I want to move into this with you. Right. And I literally, once I said that to him that night, I think I cried every day for like the next two months. It was like I was making up for all those years that I just had bottled it and bottled it and bottled it. And it was healing. It was mm. like, I don't know, water for dry, broken ground. It just needed to come out. You You're know? right, right. And I don't know that I could have truly healed and moved forward if I had not allowed myself to feel all of those, you know, quote unquote, negative feelings. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very, very important that those aren't bottled up because, yeah, they will come up one way or another. But yeah, I just, uh, yeah, <laughs> Bo, he's so funny. His perspective on things. Like, <laughs> I think one time we, he was sick or something. He's like, isn't it great? Our bodies are decaying, you know, <laughs> just means we get to go see Jesus soon. And I'm like, okay Bo. So. <laughs> we love you Bo. <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyways so. um i i kind of want to close with um if if somebody is thinking about separating mm -hmm. um what would be your advice your counsel how would you help them make that decision whether to stay or to go Mm -hmm. what would that process look like for you? Yeah, honestly, you know, my process is probably a lot different than a lot of other people's. Um, <laughs> you know, I have kind of the military mindset with it. Um, but I would say the decision to make is, you know, okay, I need to make this decision. So let's go get, you know, this competent, godly, or I say godly, competent counsel you know because there's a lot of godly pastors out there but have no idea how to deal with this situation mm -hmm. so you know uh, here at running light ministry we got a lot of you know competent help uh, godly help um in this subject so reach out to us and determine you know with them go into them like okay this is the decision we're going to make do i stay or do i go and then once you make the decision you know, commit to it. So, you know, I'm not going to, you know, uh, say here, it's like, oh, you just need to stay with somebody regardless, you know, because there could be legitimate safety issues and stuff like that, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and plus the New Testament, you know, says, you know, that, uh, you know, you can 
divorce somebody for this. You when know, there's so, been physical adultery. Yeah, yeah. yeah, when there's been physical adultery. So, um, you know, I'm not going to go against God's uh, word, but I'm not saying that's what you should do. Um, sure. You know, so make that decision and go find that godly, competent counsel in this area. And then with the intent of making that decision, all right, do I need to stay or do I need to uh, go? And then, um, and then, you know, abide by that decision. Mm, really walk it out. Yeah. Um, would you be willing to pray for people that are in this circumstance? Yeah, yeah, and definitely. We'll, we'll kind of close out in that and just say thank you guys for listening. Mm. And thank you, Ben, for sharing your story yeah. and your testimony. And um, yeah, go ahead. Sure. Um, yeah, God, thank you so much for this time. I just hope, uh, you know, these words that uh, we've spoken tonight, you know, through your uh, inspiration, you know, can really help uh, settle some hearts and some emotions tonight. Give uh, give uh, folks a sense of uh, calm and peace that they're not going through this alone, uh, that they, you know, have uh, help. Um, you know, as far as the council goes and resources, uh, that, that they're not stuck in their situation, you know, that there's a path forward, um, to, um, you know, to navigate, uh, issues such as, you know, physical adultery. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we just ask that you set all these hearts, these emotions tonight and, um, <laughs> that you heal, Lord. Yep, that you heal. In Jesus' name we pray. A Amen. Amen. Amen.